0: Hey, all and welcome to Pain in the Pod. First, I want to thank everyone who has joined me over on Patreon. The content over there is different and fun, and I'm having a great time with it. So if you want to go check it out, go to patreon.com slash pain in the pod. Thank you uh now on to this week's episode so this week I have one of my favorite friends actor and radio host Doug Buden he's here to talk again about a Dan Taberski podcast so I'm a big fan of all to Dan Taberski's podcast and a while back Doug and I discussed Missing Richard Simmons as well as Surviving Y2K. now Doug is back to talk about Dan's third podcast it's called Running From Cops so This podcast, Dan Taberski and his team investigate Cops, which is the longest running reality show in television history. And it has a cultural impact on policing in America, I think. So, you know, it spurns that song, Bad Boys, Bad Boys. But just to give you an idea of what Running From Cops is about, the podcast itself, the official description is this. After 30 years on television, Cops has evolved into a constant messaging machine about policing in America. Running from Cops is the result of an 18-month investigation, and it delves into how the show actually gets made, how much control the police departments really have over the final product and the editing, and the harrowing stories of the people who've ended up on the camera. So... That is sort of, in a nutshell, what the podcast is about. And I asked Doug to listen to it, and I know he does a lot of research, so he's here to discuss it. So, Doug, thank you for joining me again.
1: Hello, Mary Payne, and hello, everyone who's listening.
0: Well, I I want to remind my listeners, you're not a podcaster. I usually just talk to podcasters, but I like to have you on to discuss things with me, um, and in this case, running from cops. So, when I asked you to listen to this one, have you ever heard of it, or would it normally be something that you would gravitate to?
1: Well, the subject matter I find really, really interesting. I definitely wouldn't have known about it, and I'm going to be 100% honest, when you told me about it, I didn't even know that, that it was Cops, the TV show. So I, I really was picturing this was a podcast about actual people running away from the police. So- um, <laughs> Imagine my shock and awe when I was listening to Dan's intro and it was about the TV show. And then I thought, oh, well, I've seen Cops the TV show. This I'm actually a little more invested. Um <laughs> so yeah, I, I did not know about it. And I'm I am really glad I I listened to the whole thing. Um, but I did have some some sort of misgivings uh with this as opposed to the Missing Richard Simmons. But, you know, we can get into that.
0: Well, me too. And so because I knew Missing Richard Simmons was so great and then I knew Surviving Y2K was great in a totally different way, I thought this is going to be – it's almost like I thought it was going to – not like a recap show, but I was like, this is going to be a podcast talking about the TV show Cops? Like,
2: yeah, it's who a cares? Little,
0: Yeah,
1: it, It's a little weird. It's like when when people are – you know, describing a video to you. You're like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then and then the guy smiles and you're like, well, I'd like to just see it. So I think like, and I really like Dan Taberski. I like, now I feel like we're friends. You know, I hear his voice and, and it's really well produced and all those things. All that said, I think it was more challenging to stay focused and to concentrate on it uh, than it was in the Richard Simmons podcast. I did listen to this, about 80% of it I listened to on, a, on two different flights. And I, I was thinking, oh, this will be great because you're sort of, you know, you're just going to look out the window and I'm going to be able to listen and concentrate. But there were a few times that I was like, look at that nice cloud formation mm-hmm. or, oh, is that what Phoenix looks like from 36,000 <laughs> feet? So I did find my mind wander a few times um, during this podcast.
0: And I agree with that. And and I don't know if it's because I'm not into the TV show, Cops. I mean, I've certainly, it's in our zeitgeist right? everybody mm-hmm, knows about mm-hmm. this show. But I felt the same way about the podcast itself in that my mind would drift a little bit and then, I, it, you know, I mean, I need to obviously pay attention. I'm doing a whole podcast about it. I had to do a little rewind Yeah, yeah, you for click first that. stuff that I missed. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: You click the 10 seconds back button. I did that. You know, But we do that with books too. Haven't you ever, you've, you're reading a book and then you're like, oh shit, now I don't remember. Which guy was that? And then you have to sort of scan back to see yes. where they introduced the character. I had to do that too um, with this podcast.
2: I
0: do that sometimes if I've had two glasses of wine and then I go to bed <laughs> and I read, I always read before bed no matter what. And then the next night I pick it up and I'm like, hmm. I know something (laughs) happened, but I might need to go back and remind myself.
1: This feels familiar. It sounds Mm -hmm.
0: familiar. Like, how did they get to that grocery store? So, uh, but the more I listened to it, the more fascinated I was. And the first thing that I did not realize was that the show has been on TV for 30 years. I know. Since we were 20.
1: Well, since you were. Oh, no, you're (laughs) right. Since I was 22. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I I hadn't the slightest idea. And it's one of those things, I think, Mary Payne, like when it first came out, I remember, like I did watch Cops se- several episodes of it, but I, I had no idea it was still on television. And then sort of, you know, on the podcast we learn how it was really America's Most Wanted that kind of set the the public's interest into this space, you know, of like um, real crimes and, and videoing and, and seeing all that. So I, I really I was shocked. Um, little side note, my first Ever on camera job was an episode of America's Most Wanted.
0: Really? So when Tell he me. Was, when
1: they were talking about America's Most Wanted, I had these crazy flashbacks. I was I was um, handcuffed and tied to my desk by these rogue Peruvians and oh. pistol whipped. Oh yeah. Oh no. Yeah, I was. I played a New Jersey jeweler who was robbed. Um, by these nasty Peruvians, um, <laughs> the, the thing I'll tell you because it was—it was my first uh, on-camera job. The most exciting part about it for people our age, especially, the actor who played my father was the same actor from the movie Tootsie. When when she goes, "I'd like to make a look a little more attractive," how far can you pull back? And the guy goes, "How about Cleveland? Remember that uh, guy? Yeah,
0: what's his name?
1: Uh, his name is Les." Okay. Less. Less. He played my father, and he was so mean. He was mean to me. I, there was we were brothers. We were these jewelry brothers, and Less, who played our father, he was not like a friendly guy. And my, this guy, who's still a friend of mine, uh, Zach Noer, an actor, he he and I were so excited because we like we were working. We didn't care <laughs> that it was America's Most Wanted. And then we had this guy as our dad, and he was not nice. But anyway, um, this was quite
0: a remake.
1: Uh, yeah. Well, there you go. Um, but wow. that. But. But what we learned in the podcast is that on America's Most Wanted, they were like, they didn't even know how it was going to work, if people would watch. But then they like caught criminals like the first week. And so then the networks yeah. were interested in this and they started putting more money. And then they realized like, oh, well, we can just film actual cops doing their job.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That That's what was fascinating to me. And Dan Taberski himself being a, a television... In television for so many years, and he's like, Anytime you tell me that this is going to get, you know, the whatever rating system or 30 million, blah blah blah, and you're going to do it, you know, three nights a week or whatever, he goes, Well, he goes, I'm in, you know, Mm -hmm. as a television Mm -hmm. guy, I'm in. And he goes, So, but then when you delve into the various police departments and the people that are portrayed and all that, then you start to see, like, uh, maybe it's not such an accurate, um, portrayal. And we get to, talk a lot in the podcast about things being staged. And one particular instance they talk about was the cop's crew went around for an entire week with a guy. And he was on his last day and he hadn't mm-hmm. caught anybody. That means he wasn't going to be on TV. Right. So this is kind of a big, you know, get in the podcast is that they – play the audio from the episode where he's saying it's a a girl and a guy and they just both were fresh out of rehab, I feel. And he's saying to them like, well, you know, I see something here on the backseat of your car. It looks like meth or crack or something. And he like picks it up with a knife, just like you see him do, you know, on all the TV shows and I'm going to test it. And this is how the episode goes. But then they get the whole raw footage of it, which is like an hour condensed down to like five minutes for TV. and the substance did not turn blue, which Mm -hmm. is what it's supposed to turn if it's crack. So we tested again and it's supposed to turn this other color if it's meth. Well, it didn't turn any color because it was just like lint from the bottom of the car. (laughs) Then they send it away to a lab and the people eventually got off because it wasn't drugs. Now, meanwhile, they're hauled away to to, to jail and they're freshly out of rehab, been three months over, trying to do their best. And then this happens to them on TV. And it was super, super interesting because Dan Taberski's like, First of all, why would they give us the raw footage? I mean, it completely shows that none of this happened. That right. The they, they manufactured the this evidence.
1: to be yeah, and 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 with a lot of um, sort of judicious editing on their part. What What's nice about this moment, though, is that the podcast episode one starts with this story where we, you know, we're listening to this couple, um, re- I remember at least the guy was just out of rehab and, he, and the, the cop finds this white substance and he explains to us, to the viewers or the listeners, that he's going to do this Nick test and, you know, they add this... Um, chemical, and if it turns blue, it means it's positive for cocaine. Or, by the way, I did—I was addicted for a while to the show about the airports in Colombia, and um that was a TV show. It's, I, I don't know if it's called Airport. It's amazing. It's like ten episodes. And it's all about this Colombian airport, and they're always testing for cocaína. So, Ooh,
0: I was about to say, was it Narcos?
1: <laughs> you, you should know. Is it Narcos on Netflix? Co- <laughs> cocaína. No, it's a docu series on okay, television. Okay. But anyway, but I digress. So we see we watch this moment and it all seems like a typical episode of Cops, but you know, over the course of the episodes, as Dan starts to chip away at at how the show is actually produced and how much of it is sort of edited down, that the podcast ends with the reveal of, of behind the scenes of this thing. It is weird that they got that raw footage. I I, I mean I think somebody probably lost their job. They should never have been able to view all that raw footage, but I'm glad that that he was able to expose that, you know?
0: Yeah, that was crazy. That was crazy. Okay, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, I want to talk some more about the people that they arrest on cops and what Dan finds out. So we'll be right back with Doug Buden.
2: This episode is brought to you by HP+. In a world full of smart devices, shouldn't your printer be smart too? It is, with HP+. These printers know when they're running low, so you always get the ink you need delivered right when you need it. Plus, you save up to 50% on ink, so you can print whatever you want, as much as you want, any time you want. Huh, that is pretty smart. Get six free months of Instant Ink when you choose HP Plus. Conditions apply. Visit hp.com/smart for details.
0: Okay, I'm back with Doug Buden, and we're still talking about running from cops with Dan Taborski. So, Doug and I like to review anything Dan Taborski does. We're, we're like stalkers, but we're not stalkers. A friendly stalker. <laughs> A friendly stalker. We're fan. We're fans. We're fans. Yeah, that's we're what friends.
1: they call it,
0: fans. 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 <laughs> so, um, I didn't realize. I mean, I do, and I don't. Okay. So follow me on this journey. Mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily realize that a cop would pull you over for a, a secondary in hopes of finding drugs. Now I do know. In That's Mar- because
1: you're a white woman.
0: This right? is true. This yeah. is true. No, no disputing this, but I do know like in um, DC and Maryland It's very strict on cell phone laws. In Virginia, now this all could have changed since last I heard, but my understanding is in Virginia, if they see you talking on your cell phone, like up to your ear or texting while you're driving, a cop cannot pull you over for that. They can pull you over for something else and say, we also saw you texting. In D.C. and Maryland, you can't be pulled over for that. That's a first first thing, not a secondary. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So... On the show, they talk a lot about these cops because they have the camera crews with them are going around in these towns, and they're oh that guy's got a cracked windshield, and they pull him over. Oh, you got any drugs on you? And then you know people right. They're looking for
1: a reason to pull a car over because they have to have a reason. So you can't just say, well, he looks shifty. I want to pull Mm -hmm. him over. So they're like, oh, look, he's got a cracked windshield. So it's like a you know a convenient reason to pull the car over. And then once you pull the car over to tell them about their cracked windshield, or in California, you can be pulled over if you're talking on your cell phone, if you're holding your cell phone, then it allows them the legal way to get in and look at the car and, and you know, investigate further.
0: Yeah. I mean, we have stories on here of people seeing that the cops are running after them and putting all their drugs in their mouth and swallowing them and like passing out and almost dying in more mm-hmm. than one episode. And I, I don't know in real life if that happens all the time or if these people are like I, cops are chasing or just me. after a really good night. <laughs> the cops are chasing me. There's a camera crew. You have other people describing how they're being chased by the cops for trespassing in a park. Like they went in the park after 9 when oh, right, they you're not supposed right. to. And they're like, look up. And it's like got a camera guy in his face. And the, and the producer is saying like, if you just say this, we'll let you go. But the producer's saying it, not the cop. I mean- Right. So the lines
1: are blurred between what is the actual police. And and if you think about it, there's really a conflict of interest, right? So the producers, a reality television producer, they want chaos. They want meltdowns. They want drama. And that's not in the public's best interest. So- you know, I, I hope we'll be able to talk a little bit about this whole getting releases and signing releases for people uh-huh. to appear on camera. But the producer wants there to be drama. They want the person to run out of the car and run away or swallow the drugs or whatever. So it really is um, uh, like it's just, as I say, I think it's just a super big conflict of interest.
0: Exactly. And then uh, to your point about the uh, releases, there was so many people that said they never gave their consent to being filmed. And of course, you have to sign a consent. When I went on XM radio, I mean, you have to sign a consent. I sign a
1: release every day we do a Jeff Lewis Live. I I have to sign a release and then you just sort of know you're signing your life away. Right. You've signed it.
0: Right. I mean, I went on Radio Mississippi to do a show and mm-hmm. now just sign a release. So these people that are having themselves filmed at many of them say the worst moment of their entire lives. And they say, oh, everybody signs a release like that is none. everybody signs a release. They could never be on camera. But majority of these people say, no, I didn't sign a release. Or, of course, I was completely blackout drunk. So if I signed a release, it was not in my right mind. So they certainly can't use it. Right, but that didn't seem to be the case at all.
1: No, I mean, you know, I you, we, we want to sort of also just just to keep a as level a playing field as possible. It, it is in these persons' best interest for them to say they didn't sign a release. Sure. So, you know, but when when Dan asked all these different police departments to see copies of the releases, he was never shown any of them. You know, it is, it's possible they did sign and they don't remember. It's possible that they didn't sign but you know you should have uh you should have to sign a release before your footage is used and you know and and they talk about this on the show that this production company is making a lot of money off of these people and so it's a for-profit venture you know they again they want this drama they want people as a mess and so they they have to get these releases signed And, and i think they didn't they say you're not allowed to get a release from somebody who's really drunk.
0: Yeah, well, that was kind of the point. Like, a lot of these people were like, I mean, I don't know if I signed it. Like, as you saw me, I had swallowed six bags of heroin, and I was (laughs) in the hospital, so I don't think I did. I mean, you know? But I mean, of course, they could put your hand on it and sign anything.
1: Well, they also said they were not, they didn't use the word coerce, but didn't one of the cops said, well, only guilty people don't sign the thing? Right. Didn't he say that? Something like that, yeah. Or a producer said, somebody said that to one of the victims. Like, well, you know, everybody signed it unless they're guilty if if you if if you if you sign it you know they think you're innocent or whatever it's it is really shit that is some shady business and where, where so um cops it seemed like it was focused in topeka spokane i think wichita
0: all right, let me read you this because, oh, you have, oh, yeah, because I was going to read you this. So it seems like when it first started, the show was intertwined a lot with like the war on drugs and cracking on a crack and meth and heroin and all this. But a lot of the rest, uh, the arrests seemed racially um, motivated and the percentages of black people being arrested was not what was a snapshot of America at all. So they got right. a lot of heat from the civil rights group. So um, I'm just going to read you this quote. Now, this is from Vulture. I just want to make sure I'm citing my sources vulture says this the show responded by ramping up ride-alongs in largely white communities like portland spokane in a frantic search for white criminals like hotheads white trash white something anything in the words of Stephen chow one of the executives so that's what they did when they got a lot of um they got a lot of blowback from civil rights groups that they you know this was a uh what's the word I'm looking for? Indiscriminate. um,
1: It was lopsided.
0: Lopsided. Thank you. lopsided view of what really crime was and and drug arrest. Then that's when they said, okay, well let's go into like these white trash quote areas and Mm -hmm. see what we can do. And honestly, when I think of cops, I think of more of that than throwing these like skinny white guy, meth heads on the ground. Um, I do too.
1: I think, I think of like really messy, like, white people is what I, what I remember from cops.
0: Yeah. But
1: didn't they do... They did this whole formula. My God, it was so... I, that was one of the parts I had to go back and listen to, where they're like, you know, there's a 61% chance that a Black person will be chased within the first five minutes of the show. And then uh, there's yeah. a... You remember that whole...
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I thought, my God, this guy really... He's got a calculator and a lot of time on his hands. But for sure, <laughs> it, it, it does... It appears as though the way the show is edited and produced, they do sort of heavy up on African-American chases before the first commercial and then the sort of white trash meth head moms or whatever in the second half of the show. I mean, it was interesting that that there really is a formula.
0: It was terrible, but I mean, you know, like you and I both are a big fan of a lot of reality shows like Housewives and there's a formula there too, right? It's going to be the first couple of ep- episodes are going to be one way. And then you're going to get to what the, what is going to be the smoking gun for the season. And then towards the end of the season, you're going to find out, you know, it's going to be resolved or whatever. It's not Right?
1: It's going to be the polygraph test that, you know, Lisa, Vandis it's going to
0: be the, the dog gate <laughs> of um, oh, don't talk about it.
1: We're done with
0: that. Puppy gate. Uh, Um,
1: uh, Lucy, Lucy, apple juicy.
0: God bless. R.I.P. Okay. (laughs) She's not dead. She's not dead.
1: Oh, I was going to say, oh, is the dog
0: dead? (laughs) That's just something my kids say all the time. R.I.P. Okay. Okay, We're going to take another (laughs) quick break and we're going to come back and talk about some more people that were on COPS.
2: Support for this podcast comes from Invent Together. According to studies, less than 13% of all inventors who hold a U.S. patent are women. Black and Hispanic college graduates patent at half the rate of their white counterparts. But we can fix that by increasing participation in innovation and patenting by underrepresented groups. It would quadruple the number of American inventors and increase annual GDP by almost $1 trillion.
0: Okay, I'm back with Doug Buden and we're still talking about Dan Taberski's Running From Cops. Okay, Doug, how did you feel about the people that talked about being filmed on the worst day of their life? Now, the specific example that comes to me probably because I've related, you know, it's a woman and she's outside of her trailer or whatnot and she's a drunk and in her socks and she's belligerent and it's pouring snow and she's in her socks and they won't let her put her shoes on. And she st- I just keep thinking like, no matter how drunk you are, that's horrible.
1: Like and they were, they were pink socks.
0: Pink socks dragging her through the snow in her pink socks. Mm-hmm. I, and I think it was just like drunken disorderly.
1: Yeah, it was. It, it was terrible. I, you know, here's the deal, Mary Payne. I think a lot of people want to be on television, right? Okay. I mean, I, I think, I think we always have to remember that. That like the other thing is what to us, may look like their worst day, they may have had worse days.
2: Think true. Uh-huh. This, could have, uh-huh. this just
1: could have been a Thursday for her. But it is true. Like, if it were me, I would never want that to see the light of day. And, but wasn't she the woman who was, was she the woman who was kind of targeted? Remember, they kept coming back to somebody's house. Was, was she that same woman where they came, they like, they were like, oh, we, we need some material. Let's go by Susie's house. She's amazing. I think
0: that was a guy. And, oh. I, and I, I, I. now it, it, there could have been two people, but yeah. I, I feel no, like that was, it was a
1: woman because she called her mother. And she was like, how many times has cops yes, come by? And yes. it was six. It was six times. I think that was the same woman. But yeah, I mean, that's the thing. is like, Who wants to see? I'm embarrassed. I'm a bald man and my hair looks terrible. And I'm on camera with you right now and I feel terrible. Like, (laughs) I'm glad no one could see this. I definitely would never want someone to see me like being dragged out in my socks. Although it was very, the audio that we heard was very sympathetic toward her because she's like, Can I get some shoes? They wouldn't even let her get some shoes. So, I mean, it was. Um, as I say, it was a sort of sympathetic look at her, but yeah, she was not having a good day. And, and why would anybody want that scene?
0: And I wonder too, um, a lot about how they got that raw footage of that episode that towards the end, it was like, sort of like the big reveal Mm -hmm. about how the cop was talking very nicely to the couple. They were having a great conversation. Yes, everything was very like, oh well, have you seen the Nats play or whatever? Right, just totally they abnormal. were talking about certain
1: restaurants. Like, yep. oh, we don't have a Pizza Hut over here. You got to go over to Route Nine or to total yep. like normal chit chat.
0: And then he turns his back to the camera and gets something out of the trunk, and then that's when the drug does test positive. But it was like all this chit chat, and he's like, "Well, I'm gonna have to put you in the car," and they're like, "Say what? Like that's not drug? Like and, we, it, you know?" And it,
1: he keeps saying to us, to the viewers. I don't know this guy. He seems very nervous. He yeah. seems very nervous. So He's nervous about something. I got to look deeper into this. But that's that's all that the viewers of cops saw. What we got to listen to in that unedited audio and visuals is that they are just hanging out, chit chatting, talking about whatever. And then he turns to the cameras like, "I don't know. This guy is very nervous." So it's like the cops were allowed to set up their own narrative. You mm-hmm. know, what I mean, that's it's obvious that he's making that up once you hear him. Chatting with them in the back of the cop car, so it's it's that it's the it it's that that line that's blurred between truth and fiction. I mean, he it, was making up a narrative to support his story.
0: And another component that we didn't even touch on that sort of also sort of kicks off the podcast when it starts is it's the various um, city council meetings of these towns that are trying to get cops to leave. Like they don't want cops in their town anymore because it's not only not helpful. I think that originally towns probably thought, you know, we're back on the war on drugs and Nancy Reagan and just say no. And all this, they thought, well, this is going to be great because this is going to like shame people if they think they're going to be put on TV. But Mm -hmm. didn't happen. And as reality TV grew and grew and grew, this is the longest running I don't know if it's the longest running television show in history, but it's the longest running reality show for sure.
1: For sure. Well, and I think it was, in, and forgive me if everybody just heard me burp. I just burped.
0: Um, <laughs> I didn't hear it. Oh,
1: thank God. Um, what I was going to say was <laughs> Spokane, um, I think it was, we, we were focusing at Spokane, they, they, the, the city council meeting, um, they, they were saying like, you know, they just spent hundreds of millions of dollars trying to revitalize the city. And they're, you know, they they play the audio of this like Visit Spokane video. And it's like, look at our beautiful fountains, look yeah. at our beautiful parks. And then you hear bad boys, bad boys. It's like, oh, look at our meth heads on the corner. So, you know, it it sort of fights the city trying to fix its image when they're focusing on all of this negativity. And also a police chief who seemed or maybe he was the assistant police chief who had invited cops there in the first place. You know, it's like, again, like some of the cops, they become celebrities. They were saying like, these cops do appearances people come for their autograph. Right. So it's like they become a personality. And then I think as Dan really um, beautifully put it, they start acting like the way cops act like on TV. So the mission of a police officer's job is lost when it becomes a performance.
0: And they had uh, c- cops now that said, I've watched that show growing up and I always wanted to be a cop because of watching that TV show. Yeah. I, I mean, that's like me saying, I want to move to Beverly Hills because I can live like Lisa Vanderpump or whoever. I mean, it's just not exactly as it is on TV, even though it's a reality show, you know?
1: Right. It's like I played a doctor on television, but I'm, you don't come for me for your nose job. Cause it ain't gonna be pretty, you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. Well, later on, I'll have you look at my mole and see.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I never played a dermatologist. I did. I did play. I played a doctor, and I played two nurses. And oh. I mean, I did an episode of ER for God's sakes. I know how to say hematocrit, but uh. no, I'm not going to actually do anything.
0: <laughs> you know how to say what?
1: Hematocrit. What does that mean? Um, well, Hema, something with blood.
0: Hematoma. And- uh
1: huh. So, I I remember when I was auditioning for that role, I had to call a friend of mine who's a doctor because ER, the science for ER, the the script that they would give you to audition with, was always so full of medical terminology. So, I had to call a friend and say, How do I pronounce this? And I remember it was hematocrit. Now I'm remembering, I can see right over there, when I did an episode of Bones, the first two pages of Bones. Um, it was like a glossary of every medical term that they were going to use in the script with the phonetic pronunciation of
0: Helpful. it. Helpful. And,
1: and I didn't need it for mine because I would like I, I played this, like I don't know, ditzy queen who lost his dog. So I didn't have to use any fancy terms. But yeah, in, in all those scripts, they just teach you how to say the words. But then once you know how to say hematocrit and you try to throw it into a conversation, <laughs> you feel like you actually know what you're talking about. I don't. I think it
0: measures something with blood though. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's, we're going to go with that. I'm going to say it's a type of bruise. Um, okay. All right. We digress. We digress. Okay. Sorry. So that's,
1: that's a, it's a problem with me. I apologize.
0: So would you would you recommend this podcast? And if so, what type of person would you recommend it to?
1: Okay. Well, certainly anybody who is a fan of the TV show Cops.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I think it's really good because it'll open your eyes. You know, it, it's like. Um, reality tv is tv it's not a docu series so it it shows you by the end of the series uh sort of what goes into making this tv show so i think certainly anybody who's who's into that sort of thing um or like also conspiracy theorist people mm-hmm. i think it'll be very good for our conspiracy theorist friends
0: you know i think that's a great point and i think it's sort of a lifting the veil right so mm-hmm. um Anybody who likes to see any kind of behind the scenes of any kind of show, um, I just myself, having not really been a giant fan of the show, I, I don't know. I, I was more interested than I thought I was going to be. And I think that if I wasn't if I wasn't so invested in Dan Taberski at this point, mm-hmm. then I probably would have been like, I won't be interested because I don't like that show. But I turned out to it turned out to be quite a like a snapshot of a American, you know, policing and how these things can get over-sensationalized, I guess. Is yeah, totally. yeah. yeah, and it is,
1: it is is well-produced, like in terms of like, as the listener journey, you know, the consumer journey, the listener journey, it's got nice background music and the voices are very soothing and it's well edited. So like on a purely kind of technical um, aspect, I think it's very listenable. I, I do still think in terms of um, being a listener, re- like talking about videos is difficult. Mm -hmm. So because it's like you're a step removed because as he's describing it or as you're listening to the clip, your mind wants to create the image for it. Mm -hmm. So I almost wish it was like those days where there would be like the accompanying book so I could look at some visuals, you know, like beep, turn the page, you know, (laughs) one of those things. So I kind of um, just like on my own listener journey, that's why I was saying I was I I lost focus a few times because maybe because I was trying to paint the picture in my head of what these people look like and what this video looked like and, and you know, like listening to people running and all that kind of stuff is just sometimes difficult, but I I was interesting.
0: Okay. I agree. I I agree. Of the three, I liked them in the order that we reviewed them.
1: Totally.
0: Richard Simmons, Y2K and then cops.
1: But I still, I like him more and more.
0: I do too. And you know, I went and looked on his um, Instagram for something. I was trying to tag him um, and like a fan, not like a soccer. And um, (laughs) did you know that he, um, he's very into quilting, Dan Taberski. What? Quilting. His Instagram feed is filled with his quilts.
1: Is he Amish? Are you serious?
0: I'm dead serious. No, he's not Amish. Isn't that fascinating? Quilting.
1: Maybe there's, is he, maybe he's part of some quilting circle.
0: He could be. He says like on his bio says, like I'm into document. I used to work at the White House, worked on the Daily Show, and I like to quilt. <laughs> Isn't that wow, fascinating? Good for,
1: good for him. I well, know. we did find what was it in the um the last episode where they went to the um what festival was it? They visited It, it
0: the, was the um Comquat. Oh, was, kum- was it
1: It was Kumquats. Yeah. and boy did that sound interesting to me.
0: Well, to you, yes,
1: I know. <laughs> to me and probably 11 other people, <laughs> I was like a kumquat. I adore a kumquat. I had a kumquat tree for about three years and then it died and it got very sad. But every year when the kumquats, when we come back into season, I always buy a kumquat. Uh, by the way, a muddled kumquat is the base of a delicious cocktail.
0: Never had a kumquat in my life.
1: That is a lie.
0: It's, why would I have that? I don't even know. Is it a fruit? Yes, of course.
1: It's an Asiatic citrus fruit. It's quite diminutive in size. It's maybe an inch. It's oval and it looks like a miniature orange. Um, And you eat the whole thing, including the skin. And it's both sweet and sour, very sour. They are delicious. They're, I think, Chinese kumquats. Okay. But you can muddle them and add a little bit of sugar and um, your spirit of choice, and you can have a delicious kumquatini.
0: Okay. Well, now that that I'm into.
1: Um, look for them in your grocer, won't you, Mary Payne? Please. <laughs> they come in a little pint. A, little, a lot of those little green pint things that you would buy blueberries in or yeah, raspberries. Yeah. Look, for, look for the kumquats, Trader. Joe's carries them in kumquat season.
0: Okay. Oh, they are
1: delicious. And so, yes, there was an entire kumquat festival, a festival devoted to the kumquat.
0: Well, you need to look that up and you need to attend. Yeah, I will. Oh, my gosh. Um, (laughs) Do you have any other podcasts you're listening to right now you want to recommend?
1: No, you know what? It's so funny. I have now a screenshot of a list that's on my phone because a lot of listeners of Jeff Lewis Live Uh have been sending me some recommendations. And so, like, I have to sort of, you know, add that onto my phone. But um, these days I'm just trying to catch up with all my reality television I know. and That's listening tough. to Sirius and stuff. It's and hard. like, you know, Below Deck premiered last night. I only watched it once. I have to go back and watch it again so I could read the preference sheet of these current charter <laughs> guests. They have a company. I remember it's called it. it um, the, the company I think they started was called Engager. And if you look on their preference sheet, it and then it says parentheses and it says pronounced Engager, like, I don't know how else you would pronounce it, but um, yeah, I need to do like my own deep dive into that.
0: I wish I would have known that before I recorded my um, Hey Bunky, the podcast I do with my friend, Aaron, where we talk about various shows. We talk about Below Deck now and we just did our our recap of it. I wish I would have known that about the Engager. Oh, uh, Mayor Payne. I'll add that for, I'll add that for next week.
1: You have to always do a freeze frame. When uh-huh. we're looking at the preference sheets, okay. it tells you what allergies they have. Mm-hmm. It tells you their favorite salad dressing. <laughs> um, it does. A lot of them like vinaigrette. Um, it tells you what fish they like and don't like. Uh, oh yeah, you definitely want to, you got to freeze at the, at the um, preference sheet and you have to be careful with your freeze because sometimes when you freeze, it'll all be blurry. Just try advancing one frame and then you'll have like a clean shot. Spend the time, read those preference sheets.
0: Oh my God, Doug! All right, Doug, you cracked me up, man. Okay, so we are going to take a little bit more of this um, of this discussion over onto Patreon. So if anybody wants to go hear more with Doug, you'll go to patreon.com slash Pain in the Pod. But Doug, tell everybody where they can find out more about you and what you're doing.
1: Uh, well, thank you. Uh, you can come visit me on the Instagram at <laughs> Doug Budin, D O U G B U D I N, and uh, stop by and visit on the Instagram. Yeah, on the Instagram, right? Okay. You can send me a DM. Yeah. Oh, and you can um, you can book a cameo. I do Ooh. those cameos now. Oh my God, Mary Payne, do you do those cameos? They are so much. Fun.
0: Who wants to talk to me, Doug? No.
2: The
1: same people who want to talk <laughs> to me. People hire me, and they're like, "Just talk at me for three minutes," and I just like just sit and chat. Oh, those cameos are hysterical. I love those. But yeah, I I spend most of my time on the Instagram.
0: And then you're on Jeff Lewis Live several times a yes.
1: week. Yes, yes, I co-host on Jeff Lewis Live. We are on Radio Andy, Sirius XM channel one hundred and two. Uh, live shows Monday through Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific 12 p.m. Eastern or anytime on demand
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right everybody you can find me on social media at pain in the pod and thanks for listening and be sure to let me know if you have some good podcast recommendations for me thanks